really creating um, the life that you want and using real estate as a tool for that, right? We got Annie on today on Real Estate from the Foxhole. I want her to be able to tell you all kinds of great stuff. She's um, in investing passively. She has been in and still serving in the Naval Force, I guess we call it, in the Navy. I don't know why I went that way, mm -hmm. but in the Navy, she's still in serving as a reserve. In the reserve side of the house, she is doing amazing things on the real estate side. And I want you guys to hear everything that she says and everything that you can learn and get from her. And with that said, welcome to Real Estate from the Foxhole. Uh, let's get into the fight. And can you tell them a little bit about yourself and all the great things you're doing? Yeah, thanks so much, Oliver, and I'm excited to be here with you today. So appreciate the opportunity. So hey, everybody, um, Ann Lianos here. I am, um, when it comes to real estate, I think the best way to describe what I do and what I'm excited about and hopefully what I can help you with is... Um, really creating um, the life that you want and using real estate as a tool for that, right? So it's all about freedom. So I have three work streams with real estate. I am a local realtor broker. So I have sellers, buyers, investors. That's definitely a passion of mine. Um, I also represent as a partner on the Academy Fund. So I help veterans who are operators in real estate projects, um, whether somebody's doing some flip, they want capital to get a real estate project going, whether that's, you know, a $2 million custom home they're building up to multifamily apartment buildings. I help connect veterans who need capital through a hard money lending loan hard money lending program and that's called the academy fund and then i'm also um along the lines of my own passive investing i've developed a relationship and am an ambassador for um one of the funds with which i personally invest and that is anthem capital i love it and let's let's get right into it so and you and i talked a little bit before we hit the record button on the on the uh the act what does we call it? accredited investor i am blanking out today so uh, we talked about the accredited investor part of things. Right. I want to dive deep into that. What mm -hmm. is, can you explain what is an accredited investor and what makes you, or how do you become a accredited investor? Yeah, absolutely. So to be an accredited investor, I think it really starts um, A, with education. I'm a big proponent of self-learning, but also surrounding yourself, you know, with people who are doing what you want to do, people who you respect, people who you emulate. So um, to be an accredited investor, I would say get smart on money in general. And um, that opens so many more doors for you. So the IRS- Hush, please. Sorry. Damn, I thought I had it on mute. Go back from. <laughs> go back. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Go back from the credit investor part, if you could, please. And I am so sorry. Okay. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> so embarrassing. Okay. So, uh, and your credit investor, can you explain to me what an accredited investor is and how you become a credit investor? Yeah, so I'll start with the becoming part. Um, I think anything you want to do in life, whatever your aspirations are, and being an accredited investor definitely goes kind of hand in hand with building wealth for your family. You have to um, see the goal, visualize it, and really surround yourself by great people that are A, going to help you get smarter about it. Um, because we're talking about investing money, and money is a precious resource for people. Mm. Money is definitely a means to an end. So I think surrounding yourself people who just have been there and done that, and um, 
Um, one of the things that I love and I've been able to do for myself is um, always cultivate sort of an attitude of self-learning. So being an accredited, accredited investor means you have access to uh, what the IRS calls 506C offerings, 506 Charlie. Um, and I'll preface, you know, I could share my own experience. I'm definitely not an accountant, not an attorney, but um, as a realtor here in Wilmington, North Carolina, I love to give people advice about all avenues of investing, right? So whether that is investing in a property here for short-term, you know, mid-term rental, long-term rental, whether that is learning about accredited investing. So um, many, you're familiar, Oliver, and I know you yourself have been involved with multifamily real estate syndications. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So many of the multifamily investing opportunities are attractive to busy working professionals or people who, um, you know, just there may be, uh, you'll hear the phrase money, money rich, but time poor. Mm-hmm. Um, so passive investing is attractive because you have a highly capable operations team and it's your responsibility as the accredited investor to really vet that team and study how do they operate? What's their track record of success? Who else are they partnered with? Like what's the team that this asset management has built around them? Um, So Google Google IRS accredited investor, but in a nutshell, what it means is that um, you have a net worth as a family or an individual of a certain value and that opens more doors for you for some of these investment opportunities based on your level of sophistication as an investor and your net worth. Got it. Okay. So, and how did you get from just and the Navy, Navy reservist to, mm-hmm. and the uh, accredited investor and an incredibly well-connected, apparently accredited investor at that. How'd you get there? Thank you. Um, so really it goes back to, um, understanding what you want and then really strategically going after it and networking. So, um, I went to school um, where a lot of naval officers went. I went to Annapolis and um, have networked (laughs) with some academy grads, um, one of which who runs a a group called 10X Vets. And the whole idea with 10Vets, have you heard of it, Elliot? No, I've I've never heard of uh, 10X Vets. Please tell me more. You'll like this because you're all about like the abundance thinking and the growth mindset. So 10X Vex is literally, um, you you know, this is a networking group for people mm-hmm. who will bounce ideas off of each other, serve as a sounding board, share best practices. But the 10X is like, we want to 10X our business, right? Whether right. that's in the next five to 10 years, whatever. So through um, my 10X group, I met some other venter- veterans who were already, um, you know, had done some successful deals in real right. estate syndications. And um, essentially, you know, there's that saying, hitch your wagon to a star. Um, so you can <laughs> develop these relationships. <laughs> <laughs> develop these relationships with the right people. And right. Um, you got to do, I think the biggest advice I would give your listeners is you definitely have to do your homework and understand what you're getting into because right. with any um, investment, there's an element of risk and some key things to look at are landlord friendly states, um, areas where people are migrating, right? We saw the great migration with COVID. So yep. um, the, the Sun Belt is a big attractive area right now. So the investments I have, and um, my husband and I have 
are invested in eight different syndications. So we have um, investment in one industrial park space in Tennessee, and then um, the rest of our properties are scattered between North Carolina, Tennessee, um, Oklahoma, and Texas. So okay. landlord-friendly straits, strong population growth, job growth. Um, you know, you'll we'll look for traits like characteristics where um, big companies, whether it's Amazon or whoever, are building. Um, you know, centers of employment there. So um, you got to be very careful about not only the property and the location itself, but, you know, mm -hmm. the the reputation, the ethics and the, um, you know, the, the standard of excellence with which the operator is working. Right. Now, when you did that research, though, mm -hmm. how were you doing it? Now, I understand what you what you researched on. Like, how yeah. are you doing it? Was is there a specific site? Is there like a specific service you go to? Or is it just, you know, you just hit the Google and just keep it moving? Yeah, I would not recommend hit the Google and keep it moving. <laughs> I would. um, <laughs> That's that's a no go right there. Um, what I would recommend, Oliver, is um, we all have connections on LinkedIn or people we mm -hmm. know. So everybody, you know, it's like six degrees of separation. Every, right. You just got to be willing. And I think, um, you know, whether I look at my Navy career, my business mm -hmm. career, um, you know, my career now as a realtor and an investor, um, being willing to ask for help. And many of us, you know, in the military, and I'm sure those of your listeners who are non-military, a lot of people have a drive to succeed. They're very, um, you know, maybe type A. It's difficult to ask for help. But um, when it comes to getting smart and really accelerating your learning curve, um, I would look at LinkedIn. I would look at pod, you know, listen to podcasts on real estate investing, listen to podcasts on wealth building, um, you know, there's a lot of resources, but I, you know, people know about bigger pockets. Um, right. I would be very targeted and ask for referrals. Okay. Referrals actually sounds like a very intelligent way to go about it, particularly using LinkedIn and uh, mm -hmm. bigger pockets. I've actually done some of it myself. Now, mm -hmm. with that said, what made you decide that, what made you and your husband decide that multifamily, particularly commercial multifamily is the way to go. Cause mm -hmm. from my understanding what I've learned myself is that the money doesn't come fast with uh, large multifamily, even on the mm -hmm. properties that, you know, you're going to get a return. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not in my opinion, the fast money for the faster money. You're looking at flips, um, you know, mm -hmm. short-term rentals, things of that nature. But I think multifamily is more the longer game, which I'm more of a fan of. Cause at, you know, end of a three to five year hold, you're going to get that cash out when the property is sold or refinanced or whatever mm -hmm. the team's decided to do. But what made that decision for you and your husband? Yeah, great question, Oliver. So um, looking at our end goals and kind of how we were already diversified with our financial picture. So, right. you know, for us as a family, we had central funds, we had corporate 401ks, um, mm. you know, we had different life insurance things set up. So real estate was one area where we had room to to grow and, and right. diversify our overall wealth strategy. Um, multifamily commercial in particular, for several reasons, um, when you look at the economy now and the inventory, so this applies even, you know, as a realtor broker here in North Carolina, I give my investors this advice. Like we're in um, a situation of somewhat volatility when you think mm -hmm. about the economy and supply and demand. Housing inventory is low right now. So that right. means there is an uptick in the demand for rentals. And mm -hmm. if you think about um, just protecting your investment, 
when you're invested in a multifamily property that maybe has, you know, 150 plus units, if one or two of them is rented, it's not going to have the same impact on the investor as if you're renting, you know, one or two single family units and one of them is, is vacant and maybe you can't right. get it rented, you know, to renew the lease for two or three months. So it was really... Um, the aspect of diversification and then the other side of it, Oliver, was just um, at the time my husband and I were both working, you know, 65, 70 hours a week. We literally right. didn't have time to do a fix right. and flip or something of that nature. Um, so the passive investing was very attractive to us as busy working professionals. OK, that makes that makes absolute sense now. And let me ask you this then, too. And this is something that mm -hmm. I've heard come up recently. I've heard of soldiers and sailors and Marines and all, you know, military members have what done what they call uh, basically take out of the TSP, borrow from the TSP and put it into mm -hmm. a multifamily. Because we know the 50K is normally the, the minimum mm -hmm. when it comes to yep. syndication. Is that something that you would advise folks to do right now with how weird the market is and, you know, particularly starting out? Is that is that the way to go? It really depends on how secure people are. Um, mm, okay. I would I would say that is, you know, first and foremost, a very personal decision. And, you know, for many people, $50,000, myself included, is a substantial chunk of change, right? right. Um, being able to in invest in a syndication through an alternate vehicle, such as an IRA, like people will use a Roth IRA, a SEP IRA. The way you do that is you um, set up a self-directed IRA account. So the TSP idea of using those funds is very similar. So I think if you're, um, you know, feel solid about the team, their track record of performance, because nobody wants to lose their um, nest egg in yeah, terms of their yeah. retirement right. plan, right? right. So Absolutely. with any investment, um, you've got to be careful. I do have um, a couple multifamily investments that I hold within my own IRAs. So mm -hmm. I think it's because if you think about it, um, this is a quick math lesson for your um, listeners. If you're not that familiar with the syndication business model, many of the models are similar. There's nuances and differences in how each one is financed. But in a nutshell, the formula is fairly similar. So using Oliver's $50,000 example, let's say you invest January, 2023, $50,000 in, um, you know, town properties, multifamily property. Um, then you need to understand that that property is going to be held. Most of the projections in, in the business world, it's called performa projection are going to take out take you out to the five-year timeline. I would say with the economy, the way it is right now and the volatility, Oliver, we're going to see more people hold those properties for five to seven years. Whereas in the boom of like 2020, 2021, people were buying apartment buildings. They were appreciating so quickly. Some of them were selling at like the three and a half year mark to return wow. that money to shareholders. But back to the math, $50,000 investment, most of them cash flow on a quarterly basis about... Um, 7%. So you're going to get a check every quarter for the cash flows, kind of like a dividend. And then when the property sells, depending on the performance of, you know, what percent of the apartments were rented, how well did we improve the amenities of the apartment? How were we able to raise the rent? And then what kind of organic natural appreciation happened just based on the state of the economy in that growth state because you're investing in the Sunbelt, um, a $50,000 investment, you could get back 
anywhere from like a 1.7x to a 2x multiple. Those are average law of averages here. But right. I mean, in an ideal world, you invest 50 when it five, seven years later, you're getting back, um, you know, 80, 90, maybe 100,000 if it's a 2x multiple plus over that window of time, it's been cash flowing the whole time. I like it. Now, you did mention as well a little bit earlier, there was a key that mm -hmm. I think we have to pay attention to. You talked about protecting the money. When you're yes. doing this as a passive investor, what are you looking for to make sure that your money is protected going in? I know mm -hmm. you mentioned the picking the right partners, those who have experienced, right. but what else are you looking at? Yeah, I would say um, from an asset protection standpoint, what many investors choose to do is set up an LLC and hold those investments within an LLC, because that way um, you can have that separated from your personal residence, your personal finances. So if something does go sideways with your investment in that deal, um, and I'm an optimist. I believe in success. I believe um, don't be overly optimistic to the point where you're foolish. But um, in addition, like you said, to vetting the operators, looking at that right. team's track record of success, investments do inherently have risk. And that's why it is so important to attend the webinars, you know, read the, the PPMs thoroughly, all the documents that you're going to get prior to making that investment decision. You really need to read and understand what you're getting into and um, realize that, you know, it's a balance of risk versus reward when it comes right. even to passive investing. Right. Now we're going to go a little bit deeper in here. And you mentioned yeah. PPM. Break yes. down the PPM and what you're normally going to look for and expect from a PPM. I'm, I'm, we're going okay. straight up the base level. We, we want everybody to understand we, going into this. Yes. Yeah. So PPM is a private placement memorandum, and that is a very thorough, some of them are 40 to 80 pages long, very thorough document that outlines who are the general partners in the deal. So when you're in right. a multifamily syndication, you have general partners who essentially you could think of them as the leaders. They're the ones finding the deal underwriting it. Their underwriting needs to be conservative, right? Um, hopefully they're purchasing a cap for your interest rate, right? So when we're right. in times like we are right now and interest rates fluctuate, you've got some protection there. Um, they're the people who are going to operate, hire the property manager, um, oversee the property manager, make decisions on any capital improvements to the structure. So like CapEx improvements, examples might be um, updating the parking lot, putting in a dog park, you know, playground, um, new appliances in the apartments, paint vinyl flooring, all of that, right? All the improvements. So um, PPM is going to outline not only who the people are, what their business plan is, what the financing structure is. Um, it will outline the risks and then it will also characterize, um, like we said earlier, if it's an opportunity for accredited investors, it's going to be a 506C. Um, many of this, the... Um, the capital organizations that do multifamily investments will also mm -hmm. allow 506B, which is for sophisticated investors. And I think that's wonderful. A lot of times you'll see something offered as a 506C first, and then maybe the final month or two before the deal closes, it's a 506B. So that B window of time is a great opportunity for um, people with knowledge of the deal to share the deal with you know, college roommates, friends, family, relatives, right. it can't be publicly advertised at that time. But um, the beauty of that is somebody could maybe come in with a smaller amount of an investment, like maybe 35,000 or 20, if they're excited about multifamily, they believe in it, but they just don't have that $50,000 to invest right now. Absolutely. And for those just to add on for and add on to what Ann's telling you about, 
you can also find all this stuff on SEC site as well. You can actually look up 506 C, 506 C, 506B. Um, there's also, I think it's Title Title Three CF is the crowdfunding mm-hmm. version of both of these. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. all kinds of different ways for you getting in when it comes to capital raising and raising a fund and syndication, stuff like that. So definitely go check that out as you're doing your homework, learning your lane and where to go. Now, right. um, also, you when you said GP, there's also LP, which is a limited partner, which is an accredited yeah. investor. It's basically the passive investing model, right? Um, yes. Which is what me and Ann are talking about. And that's what Ann is so good at. Now, um, <laughs> with, the, with that said, if you're getting into this the first time, what's what's the your advice for somebody who's been playing in the game for a little bit long? You've got eight different deals you're a part of. Not only mm-hmm. are you in multifamily, but you're also in single family in, in the mm-hmm. sense that you're aware of what's happening with the real estate market. You're actually investing. So I'm sure, you know, if the right single family comes along, you take the shot at that, too. But what's your yeah. advice for those who are looking to become passive investors, specifically as an LP and multifamily? Mm-hmm. My advice would be um, really to just I like to think of the two A's agility and action. Right. So oh, okay. agility, meaning um, you've got to be flexible and you're going to have to have a mindset of, I need to look at several deals before making a decision. And then the action piece is obviously once you've done your homework and you feel comfortable and and you like what you're seeing, like you need to take action. Um, the first one that my husband and I chose to do, we were definitely, um, nervous about. And, um, you know, once we saw some of those returns coming in, um, and I, and I kind of worked backward, I was getting to a stage in my life, um, you know, life phase, son in college, um, not wanting to work 65 hours a week in corporate America where I kind of did some, you know, reverse math. And I said, you know, knowing that these could cash flow and this could be the average annual return, um, if I invested X amount like what would I need to passively be comfortable? And then, you know, the next phase would be replace my corporate income. And the next phase would be live my dream life off of passive investing. Um, So I would say you've got to do two things. Like it's got to be the right deal that you're comfortable with and you've got to understand the timeline and then just get started because time with, when it comes to uh, passive investing, time is your kind of one of the biggest levers that you have available to you. So the longer you wait, you're, you're disadvantaging the time lever. I like it. Now you mentioned, you did talk about your number and this is something that I find is key and I'm learning about, I'm going through myself. Like you got to do the network calculator, net worth calculator, figure out what your family's expenses are and hitting that Mm -hmm. right number so that you guys don't have to do, you don't have to, you don't have to work anymore. You can, if you choose. Um, Right. And matter of fact, we're in the military. So most of us will still work for something, doing something somewhere. Mm -hmm. With that said, your number, how did you, at what point did you know, okay, I'm going to hit the number. And then how did you get to the point where you're going to hit that number? Was it just passive Mm -hmm. investing? Um, So I would say it's a, it's a growth and it's a work. So I learned about I while I have moved quickly on passive investing, mm-hmm. I think I'm um, I'll say with humility, like a good example to talk to somebody who's interested in getting into real estate. Um, so I'll give you a brief history of my own experience with real estate. Um, when my husband and I got married, so we met in Hawaii on active duty. When okay. we got married, we were both in the greater Seattle area. I had a condo. We uh, moved into his house, rented out the condo. So that was my first landlord experience. Right. Mm-hmm. Um easy day, run out the condo. Um, and then just really 
Oliver, almost um, a year and a half ago, I learned about passive investing. And when I really learned about it and got smart about it, I thought like, oh my goodness, like I wish I, you know, I'm 46 years old. I wish I, <laughs> I stumbled across this 20 years ago. Uh, so that's what I mean with the agility piece. And and I think, you know, money is a means to an end. Money is a personal right. thing for a lot of people. For me, I'm very passionate about helping others. Um, I, uh, and that's one of the reasons why I'm an ambassador for Anthem Capital, because I love having discussions where I explain to people like your money can literally go to work for you. And, you know, you'll hear the term mailbox money. Um, but it's like Robert Kiyosaki, right? Rich dad, poor dad. I mean, if you read his book and mm -hmm. then like, I like to triangulate things. So like, I'll read something in a book and then I'll be like, oh yeah, when I went to my MBA program, we learned about the power of leverage and we learned about, um, you know, letting other people's money help you grow your own wealth. So, right. um, yeah, for me, it was really looking at the quality of life and just kind of working backwards but it's a math problem. I mean, if you think about the 7% cash flow, um, the, you know, $50,000, and then you also have a, a reinvesting plan, right? So mm, you, okay. you, let's say you invest 50, five, seven years goes by during that time. Maybe you, maybe you collect $20,000 in, in um, returns from this investment. Maybe you can have a second one. There's $30,000 in returns from this second investment over here. Well, now you have another 50. So then the choice is, do you take that 50 and, you know, go buy a car or do you take that 50 and reinvest it? So I think the the discipline component, and that's where like having a background as a naval officer, I think has helped me um, create the quality of life that I want for myself and also right. be able to share like my strategies and tactics and approaches with other people. Like I love helping other people, um, you know, be able to get closer to the financial freedom that's going to free up their time. Like time is our most important resource. Tell me about it. I am absolutely 100% with you. And, and in that in that vein, I'm going to ask one more question yeah. before we hit the, go into some of the sections. Yeah. You talked about specifically with figuring out that number and running into the exit, not, not your exit, sorry, your reinvestment plan. Mm -hmm. At what point are you creating that plan? Are you creating that plan from the very beginning of starting to invest? Or are you doing that after you found, you know, whatever deal you're looking at? I think it's an evolution, Oliver. And, you know, certainly um, I know much, much more about passing, passive investing now than I did a year and a half ago when I started. So I can kind of map out my, my path. Um, it started with one property. And it's funny because it started with a phone call. I was curious about the Academy Fund because I mentioned that um, I help real estate operators who maybe want to get started in multifamily investing um, mm -hmm. to get that capital they need to start their real estate project. So um, the Academy Fund has a loan option on one side and then on the other side, it's a fund. So it's an investment opportunity. So I was initially invested or interested in the Academy's fund investment opportunity and talking to the manager of that fund. Um, he's a person who does syndication. So he had an industrial park space open. So I did, you know, an initial um, amount of investing in that industrial park space. And then it was like, well, what else do you have? <laughs> so I became more curious about it. <laughs> got it, got it. So the, um, so it's not that you need to have like a huge, um, you know, wad of cash to get started. You, you can start with 
even smaller amounts than 50 if it's a 506B opportunity, but you got to network and you got to find out about those opportunities. And I'm happy to answer questions that anybody on the show has. If you, you're invited to follow up with me. Um, so the, the goals kind of evolved as I developed my belief in that um, kind of that business structure and the business plan. Right. Okay. Fantastic. All right. Now, because of because time is so valuable, we're going to yes. move on to our segments. So first segment in okay. is the troop to task. And folks who are watching and listening, what troop task is, what troop to task is, and is going to give you one thing you can get started right now to go down the same path that she's on as we speak. Now, you might get, just get the AA acronym she gave us a little bit earlier. You might get something mm -hmm. new. But regardless, you're going to get something that Anne can help you figure out to get your way on to the next thing. So, Anne, what would be today's Troop to Task? Yeah, I love that you call it that. So, um, Troop to Task, it is going to be a spinoff of Agility and Action. And this is on Ooh, the action okay. side. Okay. So, I want you, I want you to call I didn't say text. I didn't say email. I want you to pick up the phone <laughs> and call someone you admire. Um, maybe it's Ann Lianos. No, I'm kidding. Um, call someone that you admire in your circle of influence who maybe has invested in something in real estate, right? So mm. Oliver's show here is all about um, real estate investing and, and um, you know, how there's so many different avenues, right? So just pick someone, call them and learn about how they have um, gotten into real estate, become successful with real estate, made some money doing real estate, call, call someone you admire. I love it. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, Ann Lianos is about to join us in the wonderful game we call the hot seat. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome again to another episode of Hot Seat brought to you by Real Estate from the Foxhole. On today's guest, we have Ann Liano. She is not just an investor. She is not just a passive investor. She's also a broker. She's also an agent. This woman does it all. And today she's going to join us on the show for a little bit of Hot Seat. So let's welcome Miss Ann Lianos. Ann, how are you today? Hey, Oliver. I am doing great. Thank you. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. We're so excited to have you on today. Now we're going to get right into it. So how this game works, Anne, is I'm going to ask you five questions. Out of those five questions, you provide five answers. They can be real estate related. They can be whatever related. They could be related mm -hmm. to your socks if you'd like. I, it's up to you. I'm going to answer some of these questions with you as well. And the purpose okay. of this is for the audience to get to know you as a person and not just as this badass real estate investor. Now, with that said, let's hop right into it. So the first question, Ann, what should be your new nickname? Ooh, um, I'm going to say Action Annie. Action Annie. That that sounds like a, a, a good cartoon superhero name. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's not bad. Now, why why'd you go to Action Annie? Well, I think, um, you know, where I'm at in my career right now, it's very important to be in motion. Um, mm. I'm still building and developing relationships and making connections. Um, I think several real estate entrepreneurs and brokers, they have the luxury and flexibility to work from home. Um, I come into the office every day because I want to be in that space and be immersed in it. So, um Little sidebar, I was uh, a dean of a college in Illinois where Ronald Reagan went to college, Eureka College, and Ronald Reagan was all about, like, the, the catchphrase was, the differences in the doing, right? So, right. like, be a person of action. Ooh, man, this, uh, 
that's an amazing. I don't want to follow that up. I'm debating on <laughs> skipping to the next question. Good grief. Uh, what should be my new nickname? Now I got to come up with something on the fly. Uh, <laughs> only Oliver. That's what I, that's what oh. I go with. I go only okay. Oliver and I go with that because it's the only thing I can come up with because of that amazing answer you just gave. I'm stumped. So I'm going to stick with that. Yeah, and I, that's my story. I got one for you. I'm, for I'm listening. I'm, I'm all ears. Go all ahead. Right. You, do you know about Oliver Hazard Perry? Oh, man. Do I know about? Yes. So here's here's a little here's a little tidbit. And some of the <laughs> listeners have heard this before. I have been in competition with Oliver, uh, Oliver Perry, Oliver Hazard Perry for yeah. about a year and a half now. Right. I'm trying okay. to beat him on Google. And let me tell Ooh. you, it is extremely difficult to beat an historical hero figure, admiral, um, yeah. straight ama- from what I can tell, the amazing things he did during that time frame. And right. it's frustrating. It's like, unless I'm out, I need to go get a, a old school Navy uniform and I need to go out to sea <laughs> and I need to go capture Moby Dick or something because this is it's clearly not going to work <laughs> just with what I'm doing. <laughs> We need to get more people to follow and subscribe to you, and then you'll be there. Yeah. This this is the goal, and this is 100% goal. But, yes, I am very aware of who uh, Oliver Hazard Perry is. Um, yeah. Every time yeah. I Google myself, I, he pops up. And I'm like, on it. I still haven't gotten to him yet. So I'm like number three <laughs> on the list. Right? I'm popping up in like the third thing you're, that pops you're up. You're coming Oliver up. Perry. You're going to catch yeah, him. We're, we're yeah. Slow but sure. We're, we're getting there. Whew, I got a lot ahead of me, though. All right. Cool. So, <laughs> so with that said, and what is... Would you like to be written on your gravestone? Hmm. Well, as I said earlier, you know, I think real estate is a great tool for helping people. Mm-hmm. And so on my gravestone, I would want to talk about maybe maybe the phrase would be Ann Lianos helped me. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's easy for us to come, you know, on a show like this and talk about your job is to pump the person up and share their accolades, right? The person's job is to share information of interest with listeners. I think um, where the difference is, is what your legacy is and how you're helping people. You know, one of the greatest joys for me with being in real estate is I now have time. So I'm on a couple boards in Wilmington. We have a veteran business collective. I'm on that board. We have um, military officers association. I'm on that board. Um, You know, I attend the Uh, Naval Academy Alumni Association lunches and my favorite volunteer work. I'm a volunteer at the uh, business school at UNCW. So I get to help students um, with their, you know, interviews and prep and resume writing and all that good stuff. I like it. I like it. That's pretty good. I'm going to go with something. uh, Mine is I wanted to read. He inspired people to inspire people. Um, Mm. And the thought process behind it is almost basically the exact same as what you said. Just, Mm -hmm. I feel like having the ability to inspire other people to go out and do, and then when they do, they inspire other people to go out and do, the ball Mm -hmm. starts rolling down the hill. Like you talked about legacy, that legacy Mm -hmm. is huge because unfortunately, and maybe fortunately, we can't control the things our kids do necessarily, or our siblings or our brothers and sisters. But the more that people see you doing, it inspires Mm -hmm. more people to do more. Um, perfect example and you coming on here like a lot of the stuff that I'm learning from you now I'm thinking oh I I gotta step it up right so you just inspired me to go do more (laughs) so my hope is that that same thing rolls down the hill with the next person so that's my answer to that one absolutely let's go next question 
What can someone do to immediately gain your respect? Mm. I would say I, I'm a big believer in like speaking from a platform of performance. So okay. do, do something hard, right? So like I could give you an example, like I'm a person who's afraid of my life being dependent on equipment. <laughs> so like <laughs> <Okay>. you won't, <laughs> you won't That's see fair. me jumping out of airplanes and like, I'm married to a spec ops man, right? Like my husband right. went EOD, explosive ordnance disposal out of the Naval Academy. So like that man jumps out of airplanes, does surface supplied, scuba diving, all of that. Right. But um, with my work in the Navy reserves, I was deployed about five years ago for a full year. I went to Guantanamo Bay. So, okay. um, and my specialty in the reserves is public affairs. So I did media relations mm. PR. So I was the public affairs director at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. But like I forced myself to do the scuba certification and I got both open water and deep water certified. So I am like a respecter it. of people who do something that they're afraid to do. I love it. That's uh, that's really good for somebody who's <laughs> actually done. I've done scuba. I didn't get finished getting certified. We got cut off. I had an ear issue that time. Yeah. But I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna get it done. Um, no ear okay. issue gonna stop me. I, that that was well, it's an amazing thing to say the last. Yeah. Least. We'll have have to meet up, Oliver, and do us a little uh, scuba trip. Oh, Wilmington is not ready for this. It's going to be amazing. Um, I'm not even sure if there's places you can scuba dive in Wilmington, but we're going to find it. You can. Oh, yeah. Oh, you can. Fantastic. All right. Um, <laughs> my answer to this question. So what can someone say that can that will immediately gain my respect? Um, I'm much like you, and I need to see action. Mm -hmm. um, and it can be something. It doesn't even have to be something they're afraid of necessarily or something that they challenge themselves to do. It's just, I want to hear about a goal that they set and they accomplished on that goal. And it could be mm -hmm. something as big as, Hey, I wanted to get 679,000 properties. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. They could also get, Hey, I wanted to do a small multifamily. I wanted a triplex and I wanted to execute and I failed at it. The point isn't whether you succeeded or failed. The point is you did what you said you're going to do. And to me, that's, that's huge. Um, Cause it's something I think we should all strive to do. Okay. All right. Definitely. Fantastic. All right. So here's a, here's a question. What should you take less seriously? Ooh. Mm. This, <laughs> this is a good one. Um, and I'll, I'll use the, and you mentioned capital raising. So I mm. think um, take your, take your own self less seriously. Right. I mm, think, okay. um, you know, especially if you see yourself like as a, you know, army army officer army senior enlisted whoever you mm -hmm. are um leader in the military leader in the community leader in business sometimes we want to always seem like we've got it all together we're you know all of our ducks in a row and just be yourself and don't take yourself so seriously and then forgive yourself like i have a mantra if i do something i'm like oh i wish i didn't do that i literally say to myself like i forgive myself for my mistakes with a head right. bob i forgive myself for my mistakes and then you just got to get over it and get on, right? It's it's like um, I read a lot of yeah, John Maxwell. So he has a great book called Failing, Failing Forward to Success, which kind of ties into what you were just talking about. Mm -hmm. I, I, so, I, um, no, I, I agree with you 120% on that. Um, I think that is huge. Just not taking yourself seriously. I, I never understood those who do. Like those who really like, uh, they mm -hmm. get so frustrated and it drives them crazy because it becomes this vicious cycle. Basically, you're making yourself mm -hmm. mad to make yourself mad. 
and then the ball right. just keeps rolling down the hill. It makes no sense. It's mm-hmm. never made sense to me. Um, but I don't judge. Yeah. I get it. I just try to crack a joke and see if I can make them laugh in that very instance that they're mad. It normally mm-hmm. works. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. So what I feel, I, people should take reading less seriously. And it's going to sound wild. What mm-hmm. I mean by that is I think it's great to go and read John, the John Maxwell's, the David Goggins, the the Gary V's, the Russell Bronson's, all stuff that I'm reading. That's why the author, these authors packed in my head. But um, yeah. I think as well, you should spend some time reading something that you either wouldn't normally read or something that gives you a break from the mind grind that is self-development and building yourself up. So read, you know, maybe an old book that you like I read. I go back to um, there's a book series called Redwall. I read when I was a kid and it's the Mm -hmm. one book series that led me into reading a massive amount of books over my lifetime up to this point. So I like to go back and read those kind of fantasy books or read a book about a ballerina that has absolutely nothing to do with Oliver Perry. I am never strapping on any ballerina shoes, but I am 100% (laughs) going to read a book about a ballerina, maybe her biography, maybe something out of effect, because you just want to see life from as many perspectives as possible. And sometimes that self-development can also come in the fantasy realm as well as it can in real life. So I think that would be my thing to take less seriously. Man, we're we we some heavy questions today. I should have added more football <laughs> questions in here. All right, uh, <laughs> all right. What's something people love but you hate? Oh goodness. Hmm. Um, beer. I am not beer. a beer drinker. All right, this beer. this call is just ended. All right, bye. Ann. <laughs> <laughs> I like other things. Wait. <laughs> Okay, so I got a funny, like a super quick, funny story about that. So, um, in college I minored in German, right? So okay. have you ever been stationed in Germany? I have, well, I wasn't stationed there, but I was there on leave while I was deployed in Kosovo. So yes, I've, I've oh, been in Germany okay. quite a bit. Okay. Yeah. So obviously Germany, phenomenal country to enjoy beer, right? Absolutely. Um, it's like the taste of it is too thick. I love gin and tonic. I love Sauvignon Blanc. You know, I got other choices. Um, right. <laughs> I like a good cocktail, um, but I'm just not a beer person. And literally, I was in Germany for a month and did not have a beer. What? Oh, yeah, a lot man. of gin, a lot of gin and tonic, no beer. I hope nobody's listening in Germany. If the they Germans have good are wine there too. We're sorry. <laughs> we're, I don't know. This wasn't a part of the conversation before me and got on. I wouldn't just let an Ann say that. But uh, nonetheless, we're here. Uh, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> that's that's pretty funny. Um, what something that people love that I hate? Um, I don't want to go to my usual. My usual is avocados. I don't like oh. avocados, and people love them. But I'm not going to use that this time. Uh, although I did mention it, I'm going to say I hate. Um, I hate Birkenstocks. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I'm not as secure with my toes as other people might be. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe yeah. that's it. But like I see people with Birkenstocks and everybody's got a pair. And I feel like it's almost like Uggs. Like I understand Uggs yeah. in the winter. Uggs in the summer yeah. makes no sense. Nobody really does that. But Uggs in the winter makes perfect right. sense. Birkenstocks just doesn't make sense to me. I just imagine yeah. the fabric is uncomfortable. Your toes are out in the wind and you're getting rocks in. Because I go to a lot of rocky places. The rocks are skipping into your toes. Baltimore isn't known for its great ground, you know, ground keepers. Right. So uh, <laughs> this took a weird turn. Birkenstocks yeah. is the one that I would say absolutely not. I just yeah. hate them. I so, hate them. 
So are, are you one of those guys that does like the socks with the soccer, like, you know, slidey <laughs> soccer sandals? So here's the funny part. I actually have socks and my soccer sandals on right now. Uh-huh. I, Look at I, that. I, I, so, so, here's the, <laughs> so here's the thing. Let me explain myself. So here's the thing. I played soccer. Like I played soccer for almost 15 years. And it's now it's just a comfort thing, right? So we come off mm-hmm. the field, cleats uh, cleats off, had my socks on, take shin guards out, and slide right into my slides, and I'm mm-hmm. out the door. Right now, out the door, mm-hmm. but off the field. Now yeah. it's just I'll do it in the house. I'm doing it every. <laughs> I'm doing it everywhere. <laughs> oh man, I feel so judged and got me. <laughs> I love it. No judgment. There's it. no judgment. <laughs> everybody, everybody deserves comfort. Um, and that's a good. Um, Aside from comfort for your guests, mm. like one thing to think about too is your deserve level in general, right? Like, have you mm. ever heard of this concept of deserve level? No, I've never heard of deserve level. Tell me more. Oh, okay. So deserve level is all about like your positive self-talk, right? Okay. So, um, and your belief in yourself. So you might be looking at, you know, whoever across the room, this investor over here, this real estate developer over there, like this person went and got their PhD, whatever. Um, and, and in your mind, it's like, well, do I deserve that? Like, you know, am am I going to have that kind of success? Your deserve level will rise to the level of your expectations. So, you know, thinking super positively, Mm -hmm. um, about your deserve level and that like you have the intelligence, the work ethic, um, it's almost like, uh, (laughs) did you ever watch the old Saturday night live shows? and yes, see the Stuart Smalley skit, yes. right? So Stuart Smalley, like, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. Um, Fair enough. I like <laughs> but it. in all seriousness, yeah, no, your deserve level is literally, like, I believe that I deserve the returns that I'm getting from my eight investments in multifamily real estate, and I deserve that people who meet me in Wilmington, I believe that they want to work with me, that they know I'm going to give them outstanding service, and I deserve to grow my business because because that is what I'm projecting into the universe, and it's coming back to me. Wow. Okay. I'm now. I just learned something new. I'm going to go look up deserve level. I'm beyond this watching YouTube videos and texting Ann later <laughs> on the day, telling the YouTube videos that I watched. Hey, look at this one. But so it's gonna be. It makes sense, be awesome. right? Like it uh, does. It makes a lot of sense. Self- get what you expect. So if you expect that you get, you want to deserve a lot, and you expect to to get a lot because you know you're hardworking and you'll get after it. Yeah. I think, I think that also like, I feel like that's also going to help. Cause you know, when you're starting out in this work, not in this world, but in real estate, particularly, mm-hmm. it's such a new realm, right? So you're never sure, well, I'm going to do this. Am I going to do that? But having that deserve level kind of positive talk in pocket is going to be 100% useful to, even if you've been in the game for a long time, cause you still have those moments of doubt where oh, that yeah. doubt Everybody monster does. creeps up in your head, mm-hmm. right? And I think yeah. that's that's something I'm going to start implementing. That's um, an yeah. excellent, yeah, excellent sure. exercise. Yeah. Okay. Like an ex- and Yeah. Oh, I was just going <laughs> to say, like an example with the Academy Fund is if you want to do a real estate project and you need money, like you deserve to have access to capital. And the Academy Fund is specifically designed to help real estate operators and investors and people starting up their real estate project to have access to money to make it happen. I love it. Uh, matter of fact, for those of you watching and listening, that's also going to be in the show notes. So I'm going to add the uh, the the Academy Fund into the mm-hmm. show notes. So I'll give you the site, and then we'll also put Annie's information once she gives that. I'll put that in there as well, so you guys can reach out 
and see if that's something you can get be a part of or if that's something that you deserve to be a part of. Hmm? All right. That's right. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, thank you again so much for coming on. I want to make sure people are able to get a hold of you and reach out to you. Could you please yeah. give them your information on how they can do that? Yeah, absolutely. So feel free, folks, to text, call me. I'm going to give you my phone number right here. So it is area code 309-868-2245. And then I do have a, all my handles for my socials are the same. So think about beautiful Wilmington, North Carolina. And my goal with uh, my socials is to help people learn more about Wilmington. It's not a sales pitch for Ann Leanos Realtor. So um, <laughs> it is called living in the letter N, living in Wilmington NC. So living in Wilmington NC, YouTube, Facebook, Insta. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, so feel free to connect me there. And then my email address is super easy. It's my first and last name, all one word. So it's A-N-N-E-L-E-A-N-O-S, like Sam, at gmail.com. Awesome. Thank you, Ann. That is yeah. fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, you're better than you were, but you're not half as good as you're going to be. Make sure you go out, punch the day in the face, and have some success. All right? We'll see you guys next time.